man. I'm going to step aside. Brother Cubstead, I called him yesterday, kind of short notice, and asked him uh, if he would be able to be in service tonight, and he said he would, and I have invited him to come and to preach tonight and open his heart and the word of the Lord. We want to make the Cubsteads feel very, very welcome. I, I think by now uh, we just about have them on our membership roster. Uh, we love and appreciate them very much, and I'm glad to have them in Frankfurt with us. Would you put your hands together and welcome Brother Cubstead as he comes to preach to us tonight. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm glad I know who I am tonight. If we all could realize who we are, I think we would be further on our journey than where we are right now. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I pray tonight that the Spirit of the Lord would just do a work in this house tonight. It's already been said uh, we are about members, but uh, we will be leaving one day, and uh, we'll do something the devil won't do, and that's leave you alone. But until then, you've got us to deal with. But I do want to preach tonight. I feel like God dropped something in my spirit. John chapter number 20. Chapter number 20, begin reading at verse 10. Thank you to your great pastor, First Lady, Brother and Sister Jordan. We esteem them highly, love them. Good friends, and I thank God for good friends. If you have your Bibles, let's read verse 10. And then the disciples went away again into their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And seeing two angels in white sitting, the one at the head, other at the feet, right where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, now notice, they addressed her by woman. Woman, why weepest thou? And she said unto them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back, and she saw Jesus standing knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, again, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus couldn't do it any longer. He said, Mary. Something about the mention of her name. She turned herself 
saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say master. She knew who he was when he knew who she was. I know who I am. I want to just talk to us just a little while. I don't really know what time y'all get out, but uh, I promise you don't want to get out any faster than I do. It's been a long time since steak and, no, it ain't steak and shake, steak and burger or whatever it is. What they call a burger is not even a burger. That's been about, oh, 12 o'clock, 11, 12 o'clock. So with that being said, let us do what God has called us to do, and let's hear the word of the Lord and be obedient to the word of God. And I want to preach for just a little while on this subject. Then came Jesus. I don't know what I would have done in some of my messes if he hadn't came. I promise you tonight that you would not be where you are if he hadn't showed up in some of your circumstances. And the sad part about it is, is many times he shows up and we don't know who he is. I might have to preach out here. No wonder them song players, guitar, music singers wear them dark shades and them brimmed hats. For they can see who they're singing to. I can't see who I'm talking to up here. But I want to know when he shows up. And I want to know. And I want you to know. That he can make a difference when he comes by. Then came Jesus. Let's pray together. Father. We love you. We thank you tonight for the wonderful opportunity that we have to stand in this sacred desk. We do not take it lightly. I feel the weight of the message upon my heart tonight, and I pray that if you would just help me, God, to step out of the way for the next few moments and you take control and you do the work that you have come and intended to do, we will all leave here better. And I pray, God, that you would let the Spirit of the Lord rest upon every person in this room. Let it be beneficial to the hearer, receptive to every heart. We thank you for the power, the authority of the word that will be spoken. We ask it in the saving, matchless, resplendent name of Jesus. And everybody say amen. God bless you tonight for standing. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. In our reading tonight, we find that a series of events that led up to this particular moment of desperate situation. Jesus had been crucified and everyone from that day forward was scattered into their hiding places. They became afraid. They uh, was afraid themselves because to be arrested themselves for being followers of the Lord. They, at this point, was discouraged. They were upset because 
the Savior that which they had become acquainted with and friends with was now gone. They had forgot or either perhaps maybe just could not understand what he meant when he told them that he would come back in three days. They couldn't comprehend that. All they knew was that they were wrapped up in their moment of grief. They were buried beneath the pressure of the loss. But they are in now in what we would call a pause mode, just sitting around feeling sorry for themselves. But now it was three days later, and Jesus comes out of the grave, and he begins to find his people, as I've said, living in hiding, living in despair, almost hopeless and without direction in their life. I, I, I am smart enough to know that this is not Easter. So I'm not going to preach about the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there is something in this writing that really caught my eye and done something in my spirit that I pray that I can convey to you. Mary Magdalene, a former prostitute that Jesus had found and delivered, she comes to the tomb and she finds the tomb empty that first Easter morning. But instead of being excited about the resurrection because perhaps she had forgotten the words of Christ that he said, I'll be back in three days. She could have been excited when she walked up to the tomb and she found the tomb empty. But instead of being excited about the resurrection, she begins to think about how somebody has added insult to injury by stealing the body of the Lord out of the tomb. You can almost see her walking along with her head down and mumbling to herself, tears running down her cheeks, remembering the events of the weekend. But then came Jesus around the corner and asked her to herself, Woman, what are you weeping for? Why weepest thou and who are you looking for? And so she looked and she turned around and to her first glimpse she said to herself that really looks like Jesus but I know that that's not him. I know because his body is not in the tomb where he's supposedly supposed to be. And so she could not recognize him as who he was, but she first thought that maybe he was the gardener or the keeper of the garden or the tomb. And she said to him, she said, oh, if you know anything about the disappearance of my Lord and my Savior, if you would just tell me where you have taken him or have moved him, I would be grateful if you would include me in this information. And so it was at that point in time when she was so engulfed in her grief and so much in despair and caught up in hopelessness that she could not recognize the identity of who he was until he said her name and when Jesus said Mary 
Mary. It is I. Friend, the moment that Jesus called her name, it made all of the difference in the moment when she was standing there moments before, wrapped up in her grief, caught up in her despair, and then Jesus called her name. It immediately turned things around for her when Jesus called her name she knew that Jesus knew who she was and he knew where she was I'm so glad tonight that Jesus knows my name I'm glad that he knows what I'm going through right now he was there all the time watching Mary when she needed him the most when she was at the breaking point when she was at that point where she no longer could hang on to her faith I want you to know something in spite Brother Spencer met me tonight and I admire these young men these I'm telling you God's blessed your sons and they're God's talking to them and he met me I said how are you doing he said well I was ready for whatever so I took time to stop and I says let's just find out what well means so I lent my ear and he said what he had been doing and I'm not going to repeat what he's been doing but what he's been doing hell don't like and he said that you know what seems like lately in the last day or so this week he said that the devil has been doing a whole lot of roaring. And he says, I really feel like that we need to stop the roar. You know, the devil wants us to believe that God is nowhere in sight. He is nowhere to be found. He is not available. But I want you to know something tonight that while you are at your worst, are in your worst, he is observing you. He's watching you. He will never let you get to a point of your breaking and not show up just in the nick of time. He may test your faith. He may stand off sometimes and just see how long that you're going to hold on. How long that you're going to believe. How long that you're going to just keep on praying just to test you sometimes. But he knows that he will not put on you more than what you can bear and that was the point at Mary that he knew that this was her breaking point and then he showed up and he says I got to identify myself to her and let her know that I'm here for her and that it is me and that everything is well I want you to know tonight that it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter what you're going through you may feel that you're alone you may feel the devil has stripped you of everything that should rightfully be yours but guess what the devil don't know it all that while you think you're by yourself Jesus is on the sidelines and he's watching and he's measuring the time to show up
we find the disciples hiding behind closed and locked doors just wondering when the authorities would knock on their door and haul them away just like they did Jesus and Mary had shown up and she knocked on the door and she told the disciples she said I have been with the Lord I want you to know I have seen him and just like we do in our moments of breakdown in our weak times we don't like to believe faith we don't like to believe somebody's got a good word for us well I'm just too overcome with my moment and that's exactly where they were here she was telling them a word of encouragement I have been with the Lord I have seen him it's all right and they just kind of said Mary Mary oh my goodness woman you have lost it you need to get out of here for we can close the door because the next knock that comes on the door could be the authorities coming to get us the same one that took Jesus and arrested him and they crucified him and they put him in the tomb. They're coming after us. And so Mary said, well, I'm just telling you what he told me to tell you. He told me to go tell the disciples the things that I have seen and the things that I have heard. And so I'm just telling you that he's all right. Well, it's just like us. We're human. People are amazing. People are something. People are my people, people, people. Little girl come running home from school, ran through the front door, slammed the front door. Up the stairs she went to her bedroom, straight slammed the door. And her mom looked at her dad and said, what's with her? And she went upstairs and knocked gently on the door. And she says, honey, she says, it's mama. She says, can I come in? And she says, door's open. So her mom walked in very carefully. And she went there and she peered over uh, behind the pillows. And the covers was pulled over her and said, would you care to talk about it? She says, yes. People, 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 people. Oh, boy. People, we're all just alike. We just think, well, because we're in it, everybody's in it. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. You may feel like that you're about to go under, but just wait. Jesus is on his way. Jesus is on his way. He may be the very next knock on your door in the time of your misery. He may be the very one that's going to walk through walls whenever you don't even expect him appear. And that's exactly what happened to this room. The room was quiet. It was solemn. And you could almost feel fear in the air, wondering what they were going to do now. They had invested their lives into following Jesus. And now what? do we do no one was hungry they couldn't eat because their stomachs were tied up in knots but all of a sudden while they were there in their most desperate moment God knew Jesus knew the very moment whenever you can't go any further he knew that if they wouldn't respond to the word of faith of Mary that it was going to have to be him show up and turn a situation around and so 
it was. There was not a knock on the door. There was not a bursting of a window pane. It was through the wall that he just appeared and then came Jesus and he saw them all the time and he walked through the walls and he gave them peace when they needed peace the most. There was one disciple that was not with them and his name was Thomas and so he come up a little later and they said he is risen. He is alive and they said, and he said well except I see the hands and where he has been nailed and except I put my hands in his side where they pierced him. He said would I believe and so Jesus showed up. Just when you don't believe, then came Jesus. Just when you don't know what to do, then came Jesus. When you think that you have exhausted all means, look out. Because Jesus is on his way. Hallelujah. So Thomas, as he met Jesus, he responds just like the rest of us would have. They told him, he says, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But when Jesus came back and he experienced life that day with Jesus, I believe that Jesus said, here's my hands. Here's my side. You see it for yourself. And so we see that Thomas had a turnaround. It was eight days later, but Jesus was there all the time keeping an eye upon the disciples and upon Thomas the doors were locked and the windows shut tight but then came Jesus I'm here to tell somebody tonight that Jesus knows where you are and what you're going through you might not even know he's around but he's here right beside you Jesus told us in Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6 he said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. It's kind of like the song that was written he was there all the time. You need to look at somebody and tell them Jesus is here right now. I believe he's here right now. He's in your moment. He's in your trial. He's in your sickness and affirmity and affliction. I'm telling you he's here. Scientists have said that the human body, while it's asleep, has the ability to feel someone in the room while they're asleep. Have you ever been someplace and you just felt like somebody was watching you? Well, there is a definition that scientists call this feeling a aura. And our bodies, they say, radiate living organisms that can be photographed by special lighted cameras. I believe that, that people can sense the presence of other people in the room. It was to my dying days of my dad that he laid semi-coma in a coma that he would not respond, would not wake up, and did not eat for the probably the last seven to ten days. He laid there without water. He wouldn't, I couldn't get it down him. I couldn't get him to respond. He was just in a semi-coma. You might think, well, he hears. Yes, that's right. But you would think that he don't. You would think that 
Well, he don't respond. He don't know we're here. We went on. It went on and rocked and rocked on, rocked on. Night after night, he would stop breathing. And late hours, 2 o'clock in the morning, we would feel that it was over. So we stayed up for the last about, I guess, five, six days before he died, night and day, sitting by his bedside. And so we were worn out, and hospice had came by just about every day, and they would take care of Dad, and they would turn him and change him. And, and uh, we were wore out, and they said, why don't you let us take your dad to the hospice center? And says, insurance to take care of a, a week's stay. And says, why don't you just let us go? Because of the reason that he senses your presence in this room. And as long as he senses those presence, he will long or linger into long to connect to that presence. I really didn't ring a bell with me. But uh, we were so tired. My mom was weary, so we would agreed. And so that afternoon, the ambulance came to the house, and they lifted him off the bed, and they wheeled him out, put him in the ambulance. We followed the ambulance, took him to the hospice center, and we watched him lay him in the bed, and we said, we'll go rest. We went home at 1 o'clock that morning, the phone rang, and they said, he's gone. There was no presence of us in that room where we left him. So scientists has it right that you have the ability to sense the presence with your eyes closed while you're even in a dead sleep. If someone is standing near you and they're not touching you, but you feel that they're invading your space, it's a word that we have coined that they're breathing down our neck. Have you ever said that? Ever felt that? Just felt like they were so close that you could feel the breath breathing down your neck. The presence that close made you uncomfortable. But however... When Jesus comes along. Now, if you're not right with God, you're going to feel his presence. And you're going to get this thing, what is called conviction. And if you're not ready for change, you will feel uncomfortable. But if you are a true child of God, and he comes along, and you feel his presence, he replaces your fear and despair with peace, with healing, with victory in your souls. I'm telling you something right now. He is in this room right now. He has filled this auditorium tonight. You might have come to church tonight with fears, with concerns, with troubles. But when you started tonight singing, I don't know how you felt. But when I walked into this door tonight, into this service, it has not been a good day for me. It has not. And I, I told my wife and my mother-in-law today, I said, I, everybody I've ran into has been 
unhappy and and I said you know and I've stopped and I told him I said you know what I'm probably the problem if everybody's got a problem I'm probably the one that's the problem and not them I said I accept my role in my bad day it's probably me that has a bad attitude y'all understand I'm just being very upfront with you so we, we have days that we just don't always smile and feel like everything's going good. But when I come into this building, that was nothing. But when we began to invite him through song and worship, I'm going to tell y'all something. I felt something breathing down my neck. I felt something come over me that told me, says, this is where you needed to have been all day. You needed to just come where I am. I want to tell you that I'm here right now. So all of your concerns and all of your troubles that I came here tonight, when I started worshiping God, oh, I'm telling you, Jesus showed up. And I I felt that peace that I longed for. I don't know about you tonight, but I want Jesus to breathe on me. I want him to invade on my personal space. I want Jesus to come and sit by me and take me by the hand and whisper in my ear that I am with you always, that I will never leave you nor will I ever forsake you. I'll stick closer than a brother. I'll never Put on you more than you can bear. Come unto me all you that are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. I'm telling you friend, that's what I want. I want Jesus and the good thing about it is I want to be able to recognize when he comes that made me feel good that I understood when he came. I recognize when he came. Oh, but when he came, when Jesus came, Oh, when Jesus came, he turned things around. He changed my mind. He seemed like he took the load off of my shoulders. It seemed like that he put the salve over the womb and he band-aid up all my boo-boos. I'm so thankful that when Jesus comes, that everything changes when Jesus comes. We're careful. We're going to get so caught up in our mourning. We're going to get caught up in our grief. We're going to get caught up in our anxiety. We're going to get caught up in our frustration that we don't even identify when you feel the breath of God and you don't understand but you take him as just a gardener and you think that's not God but all that he's doing is that he's going to give you enough time to just hang on as long as you can he will never let you go so far that he will not help you out he will come I don't care how far it is I'm telling you and I close with this last little story with 
without dwelling too much time on it. It was four days that he delayed his coming after hearing of the, the sickness and the call of the pastoral duty of Martha and Mary. Lazarus is sick. And he says, I know I got to go to the hospital and I got to go pray for Lazarus. But you know what? I'm going to wait a little bit. Yeah. And you know the story. And so he waited intentionally four days. And when he showed up, he came. There is no doubt. There is no question tonight. Jesus will come. He will come. And I'll tell you something. He will come sometimes when you don't know he's come. But there will be times that he will come when you think that he should have came early. And that's what it was in Martha and Mary's case. Because whenever they was out in Mary... And Martha, they was all cumbered about Martha was. And Mary was worried. And she was probably walking and pacing the floor, wringing her hands. More like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I got a feeling Mary was probably breathing some prayers. Oh, Jesus, why have you let me down? I loved you. I know you loved me. And I know you loved Lazarus. But you did not come. We sent in time for you to come. It's four days now. His body is decomposing. And it's the fourth day. And his spirit has now left his body. There is no earthly way that he can return. And by that way he stinks. And she was probably wringing in her hands. And Martha was cumbered about trying to be active in doing what she does best in the house. And someone, they came and they called for them. And they said, Jesus is here. And so you know the story where Martha first, that little attitude herself, she come running out the door and she had a thing to say to God, to the Lord. She said, I got something to tell you, buddy. You should have came four days ago. What happened to you? You got behind on your schedule. I called you four days ago. But I know, I know that you, whatever you do now, it's, it's done. But whatever you want to do, you can do it. I don't believe she believed that. Because if she did, she would have responded differently. She would have never came out and chewed him out. Said, I, I called for you four days ago. And so she got her little say-so out. And, and Mary, she'd come out. And, and she said, oh, Lord. She says, now you know me. I love you. And I'm not going to chew you out. But I sure have been worried. It's four days now. you got to understand, this is a bad situation. And. And if you would have just came early, if you would have just been here when we called, I know that everything would have been fine when you made it here. She couldn't comprehend the time is in God's hands. You got to understand that whenever the devil rocks it in your ear, that it's past due, that it's too late, that it's irreversible, that it can't be changed, that you're not serving a helpless, powerless God. You are serving the God who owns power, who created power. You are serving the God that put time into motion. He's the one that started the days of the week. He's the one that made it even needful to even put a calendar together. He's the one that created the body. And if he ever spoke once into life he can do it again and so Jesus here he was I got a feeling that his faith was being their, their faith being weak and it grieved him the Bible said that Jesus wept and it was not because
because Lazarus is dead. I don't believe that because he knew what he was fixing to do to Lazarus. If you really want to grieve the heart of God, it's to just not believe him that he can do things even when he shows up when it's not on the right date on the calendar. Yo, we got her. Don't we have our dates? That we 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 got our dates, Lord. It's the I'm telling you, Jesus. This is the fifteenth. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And the fifteenth comes and goes. You lie. And the devil sings that song into your heart. See, see there. It's not gonna come. But here came Jesus, and he wept. He wept because of their unbelief. I believe that. You can believe whatever your pastor teaches. Don't believe what I teach because I'm not your shepherd. That's just my opinion out of the book of R.C. chapter 1 verse 2. And uh, that's just what I've kind of grubbed from the scripture. I'm not your shepherd. I'm just trying to help somebody tonight to know wherever you are that you feel like that you have been destitute, left alone. And that you have prayed. And I feel like there's been people that have prayed. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. And he hasn't come. But he's fixing to come. He's fixing to walk in on some of your four-day-old decomposing situations. He's fixing to walk into some mess. He's fixing to walk into some stink. He's fixing to walk into everything that hell has come against you with. He's going to pounce upon it right now. I believe that in the name of the Lord right now that I come against every fear, every doubt and disbelieving spirit that the devil has breathed lies unto you, that he's fixing to tell you that Jesus is fixing to show up. Do you know the reason why that you're feeling what you're feeling and fighting what you're fighting and you're hearing the roar of the enemy is because he knows what's fixing to come on the scene. He knows what's fixing to break out. He knows what's fixing to break in and that is Jesus. And the Bible said that Jesus said to Martha and Mary, he said, get me somebody here and roll the stone away. I'm telling you friend, it was the stone was rolled away and you know the rest of the story as Paul Harvey says now you know the rest of the story I will tell you in closing tonight that it doesn't matter where you are in your life it doesn't matter how sick you are it doesn't matter how deep in trouble you are in Jesus when he shows up he always turned things around he always made things different he always made things better I'm telling you Jesus is fixing to walk into somebody's situation in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I'm telling you tonight that Jesus is fixing to come and he's fixing to speak into life into some death situations He's fixing to bring healing to those infirmities that the devil has tormented you with for a long time. I believe as I believe anything that God is greater than all my problems. He's greater than all of my situations. He's bigger than my mountains. And he's kind enough to get me through every valley. I don't know if I'm preaching to anybody or one person or nobody. Maybe I just preached to myself. That's all right. Won't be the first time. Won't be the last time. That I've preached myself right out of the doldrums. 
just whenever you're sitting around and you're feeling all the weight and all of the world's pressing on you. Would you please stay sensitive? Would you please stay in tune and recognize him not as the gardener, but recognize him for who he is? Matter of fact, don't even go there no more. Don't even think that he's not going to show up. I'm going to tell you right now, just clear the calendar, clear the slate. Because he's coming. There is no question in my mind. Some of you have been praying for the Lord to show up. I'm telling you, you've gotten weary. You've been waiting and you've been longing. But Jesus said to tell you that when you don't see me, I'm there. I'm just at that distance. And I'm watching you. Pastor Jordan, I want you to know that even though we're preachers, there's times, and you and I have said this word in the last month's season, that we just sometimes wish we could skip there's times whenever we feel like our prayers don't get through the roof. But I want to tell everybody here today that for one moment, don't ever think that he's left. He's watching. While you're sweating, you say, well, why does God make me sweat? If we had everything on a silver platter handed to us, we would never pray. I'm just being honest with you folks tonight. If everything was at our fingertips, we would feel so capable of being self-sufficient that we don't need God. So sometimes he makes us sweat and he makes us wring our hands and he makes us worry. I know that's opposite of faith but let's face it we do but I want you to know something tonight that he will never let you go to the breaking point even when you think the breaking point's passed I look at brother Jason Emery I look at his body I can personally say that he's on my prayer list every day. Even when I'm not here, Jason Emery's name is called on my prayer list. And I have stood back and I have, the other day I saw where I guess he's been to dialysis or whatever. And I don't know if you've ever been on dialysis, but it's not a comfortable thing, they say. It's a very painful it's a very draining. And I've questioned. I said, God, where are you in this situation? I don't see him here. But I will tell you this. That it's not a matter of whether we think that there's no hope. Because God specializes in whenever it's at 
the decomposing stage. Whenever it's past the calendar stage. And he says, I'm coming. And believe you me, when he comes, when he shows up in your situation, immediately he will see that it turns around. I just wanted, I would not preach tonight and let this go without giving you an opportunity to come and just renew your faith and let the devil know for one more time that you're not going to believe his lies. I'm going to believe that Jesus is going to show up. If the one person I'm preaching to would just come now, we'll, we'll get the service done. But this altar is open for anybody that wants to come and tell the devil, I've had enough of your lies. I'm believing that Jesus is coming. And when he shows up, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Because he's going to turn my situation around. How many believe that God's fixing to make a way in your life? How many will believe with me that God's fixing to make a way? You may not believe in it right now, but how many will believe it? That God's fixing to make a way in your life. How many will believe that God's fixing to turn your situation around? How many would believe with me that God is still involved in governs in the affairs of men? He still has the say-so. He still is God. Would you please let Him be God right now in your situation? Would you just ask the Lord to renew some faith in your heart hold on just a little longer because he said to tell me told me to tell you to tell them I'm coming I'm on my way yeah you may have to close your nose because you smell the stink he said but I'm coming and whenever he came to Lazarus's tomb the Bible said he said unwrap the body get the stink out and loose him right now in Jesus name I loose some of you in the name of the Lord I loose faith in this house in the name of Jesus I release deliverance in Jesus name I release provision financial provision I release financial provision for building a church. I release favor with the bank, with the city, with government officials. I release it in Jesus' name. I release healing. I release strength in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, would you pray? Would you just say, Lord, I just got to believe because I have nothing else to hold on to. I have nothing else to believe for. But I got to believe you. I got to see it through. 
It may be with your kids, and your kids may look like that they're washed up. But the Lord said to tell you that I'm coming through. How do you know that? We were in St. Louis, Missouri over the weekend. Two backsliders came, been away from God for at least 15 years. Both of them preacher's kids that mom and dad's prayed in many a prayer. And the Lord filled both of them with the Holy Ghost on Sunday night. It is not too late. It may be 15 years in the making. But if you'll just keep praying, if you'll keep believing, if you'll keep covering and washing the blood, if you'll keep applying the blood, I promise you, Jesus is going to come. Come on, let's praise the Lord one more time. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. Pastor Jordan.